Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to Strange Familiars. We are going to do a show upcoming on prophetic dreams, strange dreams, dreams involving sleep paralysis, and so forth. So we are asking for dream accounts. If you have any particularly interesting or prophetic dreams or anything you think would fit the bill, you can type them up and send them to Strange Familiars Podcast at gmail.com. We were talking about dreams in the Strange Familiars Gathering Group on Facebook, and that's what brought that on. So rather than try to schedule umpteen different guests, I thought it'd be a lot easier if you guys just emailed your dream stories in. So go ahead and send them in. Strange Familiars Podcast at gmail.com. And if you have any other story ideas, if there's a story you think we should cover, or if you have an experience with something strange or paranormal, you can go ahead and email us about that as well. We're always looking for new stories for the show. I'm glad everybody liked the Bell Snickle show. Got a lot of great response to that. Obviously, it's near and dear to my heart. If you want one of the miniature paintings, I'm still taking orders for them. You can either contact me directly all of the contact information from Strange Familiars goes to me, so you can use the email I mentioned before, or you can go to the website, strangefamiliars.com, and contact us there, or via Facebook. If you want just the painting, contact me directly, or if you want a painting with the CD, there's a link at the Stonebreath Bandcamp page under the Bell Snickle album, and you can reserve a CD and a painting together there. I will probably take painting reservations on through early January, unless I get too many. I, I am getting quite a lot, but I think I can keep up with them at this point. Still taking reservations if you want them. On tonight's show, we have two haunted house stories. First, we'll talk with Sarah, who grew up in a haunted house where she had repeated visits from a creepy shadow man, sleep paralysis, weird voices, and more. And then, in the second part of the show, we'll go on-site to a haunted farmhouse 
where John, James, and I, along with Rick Fisher, spend a night. John will tell some of the strange encounters that he and others have had in the house. We capture some strange knocking and possible EVPs on our recordings, which I'll play for you as well. But first, here's my conversation with Sarah. talking with Sarah, who wrote me about some experiences she had. This was all when you were young, right? Yeah. Yeah, probably till I was about 13, 14 years old, and then it kind of just came to an end after that. And this, does it all involve the house, or did it continue beyond? I know you said it kind of started with this house, but I didn't know if it had sort of continued beyond that, or if it, if it just kind of stayed with the house. No, it's actually it's actually going to stay with the house. I haven't really experienced much out of the house. My family though has had a bunch of different things happen to them when they were when they were kids in different houses and with like me and my brother when we were younger. So I don't know if it's just something maybe that's like following us through or is just kind of, you know, we're I guess we're more susceptible to it. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there's there's been some studies that this this stuff kind of can follow families. And then it becomes a question is whether it's following the family line or whether it's just maybe people are a little more sensitive to it for one reason yeah. or another, whether that's genetic yeah. or some other kind of environmental factors. You moved into this house and then things started to happen? Yeah, so we moved into this house. It was actually not far from where we were. It was about you know, maybe like two miles up the road from our house that we grew up in. And... We moved in when we were probably about, I, I think I was probably about eight, eight years old, nine years old. My brother's a little bit older than me, so he was about 11 or 12. And when we moved in the house, we had a lot of painting and work to do. So me and my brother ended up actually having to share a room. And where the room was located was right next to, like, the wall we shared was with the stairs that went to the basement. So, you know, that's that was kind of... A weird thing too. So, you know, you could hear everybody like walk up the stairs, you could hear people in the living room and every part of the house from, from that room. Cause it was right at the end of the hallway. It's happened one night when me and my brother were sleeping and you could hear somebody coming up the stairs and you could hear like the footsteps. You hear somebody walking on the carpet and then you could hear them move to where it changed to wood and then changed to stone that led down to where my parents' bedroom was. And I freaked out. I had to go get my dad. I woke my dad up. And my brother heard it too. So at least I wasn't, you know, the only person hearing things. And when I woke up my dad, checked the house, checked downstairs, checked everything, like go back to bed. Don't worry about it. There's nothing going on. You're just, you know, like you're sleeping. Just go back to bed. So he went back to bed, turned all the lights off. I wanted to keep the door shut because I was terrified. My brother wouldn't let me, and not even two minutes later, back up the stairs, on carpet, back to wood, and back to stone. And once it hit stone, all of a sudden there was like this dark shadow in the entrance of our doorway, completely black, silhouette of like, a, a would be a man. 
tall, thin, had some sort of hat on, almost like a bowler cap or an Irish cap or something kind of flat like that and had the the rim sticking out, stopped at our doorway for what seemed like an eternity, probably only 10 seconds, and then continued down the, down the hallway, and you could hear it just stop. And that was the first experience that I that I had had, which was terrifying as an eight-year-old. <laughs> sure, yeah. And did this repeat? Did you see this entity again? Yeah, it, it happened a lot. It happened a lot more when we first moved into the house, and then it kind of calmed down for a little bit, and then it started back up. And it was the same kind of pattern, somebody coming up the stairs, going down the hallway. And then when I had moved into my room, probably about a couple months into us moving into the house, mine was across from my parents' room, which was at the end of the hallway. And it was the same thing, somebody stopping in my doorway. And then a couple times when I was awake, when I could see I could see my parents' doorway through my doorway. It was like straight across. And when he would stop, he would turn and walk into my parents' bedroom and then the footsteps would stop. So he was always ending up either in my room or my parents' room. You know, I wasn't quite sure, you know, when, when we were first in that sharing a room, I don't know if he was going into my room and I, you know, you don't know about it or he was always going to my parents' room. So it was just really, really weird. And I actually had a couple of times when I would wake up and I could feel the pressure of somebody sitting on my bed. And it wasn't like the sleep paralysis thing. It was, I could wake up and it was almost like my mom or my dad was sitting on the edge of my bed, but there was nobody there. Now, was this accompanied and, by sleep paralysis or, or separate incidents? No, this was separate. This was a separate instance. How many times overall would you say that you saw this, like, hat man, we'll call him, <laughs> this hat-wearing entity? Um, I probably saw him, I would say, 10 times, 15 times. Wow. Throughout, yeah. So it was it was a lot, you know, and as I, I kind of kept it to myself, you know, other than my dad waking up that one time. I, you know, my brother kind of knew about it, but he just, you know, pushed it off and thought I was nuts and I was just dreaming. And I remember my mom was always really on edge in the house. She was kind of always like looking behind her back and like she would never walk down the hallway without the light on. And it was just really weird because, you know, your parents are never afraid of anything and that's how you kind of see them. And I remember her always talking to my brother about stuff, but she would never let me know what they were talking about. She was like, oh, don't worry about it. It'll give you nightmares. Just leave it alone. And when I got a little bit older, I said to her, I was like, I've seen somebody in the house. I've, heard, I've seen this guy in the house. He's just a shadow. And I, I, I said, I, have you seen him? Or am I the only person that's, that's seeing this. And she's like, no, I've been seeing him for years. She's like, that's why I wouldn't want to tell you because I don't want to scare you. And she's like, your brother's been seeing him too. Ooh. And the same, yeah. de- same description. Same exact description. 
And then my dad never saw him, like, just nothing at all. He thought we were all losing our minds, I guess, because we would tell him and he he didn't believe it or he didn't see it or, you know, whatever he thought at the time. But it went from that to smelling cigarette smoke, smelling perfume, then hearing a man, you could hear a man and a woman talking to each other, but there was no distinct, you couldn't understand what they were saying. There was no distinct words, but it was like almost a small mumble, but you could hear the difference between a man's voice and a woman's voice. And you would hear it and then you would, you know, get up and it would stop. And I would be sitting on the couch and it would smell like somebody was smoking a cigarette directly behind me or somebody that had a really strong perfume on sitting right next to me. And it was, nobody was there. There was nobody around me. No one in my family smokes. My mom wore perfume, but it didn't smell like the perfume that she ever wore. And my mom even had that happen to her. She'd be, you know, in the bathroom and she all of a sudden she would smell smoke cigarette smoke, strong odor of cigarette smoke. Well, I remember one night when I was in my room, I was older, and I could hear the TV on. And it was like somebody who kept just clicking through the channels, like wasn't finding what they wanted to watch, just kept going through the channels. And my brother always stayed up really late, so I just figured it was him. So I'm in, the, in my room, and I'm yelling to him down the hall, turn the TV off, go to bed, nothing come on, Tim, turn the TV off, go to bed. Nothing. And so I got frustrated. So I got up and I started walking down the hallway and I was like, you need to go to bed. TV turned off, remote dropped, complete silence. And I'm basically yelling at this point. So my mom gets up and she's like, why are you yelling? Who are you yelling at? And I was like, Tim has a TV on. She's like, Tim's not home. He's not home. Who are you talking to? And it was just like chills. You feel just, you have that just feeling that just there's somebody always right behind you constantly, that there's just like this fear of always looking over your shoulder. You know, you're going down the hallway and you're always turning around to make sure that there's nobody there. And you're going to go into your bedroom or into the bathroom or, you know, even into the basement and you're going to see somebody, you know, and then it's, what do you do then? So how many years were you at this residence? I was there for 10 years and then on and off for a couple years after that, just from going to college and um, moving back home from apartments, but consistently for, for 10 years. Just out of curiosity, did you continue to experience things like, say, after you came back from college? You mean, did I see anything or, like, yeah. notice anything? Yeah. No, no, there was nothing. Oh, isn't that interesting? It was, it was yeah, it, it was super weird because I don't know if it's really based on anything, but you hear sometimes people when they're going through, like, you know, kids when they're going through, like, puberty or anything like that, when they're experiencing things like that, it can heighten yeah, with certain like paranormal. So I don't know if it had anything to do with that, but nothing, I guess, luckily has happened since then. But 
you know, you're talking about from ages like eight to maybe 15. You said it kind of like ramped up when you moved in and then kind of died down a bit and then kind of got more active again. Was there anything going on in the house as far as renovations or anything when it got more active again? No, it was, I mean, when we first moved in, it was a lot of, lot of activity, but other than that, it just kind of stayed the same, you know, and there was nothing weird going on. Like no one was sick in the house. No one was moving or moving out. Everybody was still in the house from that point on. So it's weird. You know, you would, you would expect it to almost be another situation to kind of aggravate it, Mm -hmm. but nothing, nothing happened. It just kind of, it happens a lot. And then, you know, maybe one or two things would happen and then it would ramp up again. And it was mostly the, the gentleman. And then you could hear that, that one woman, but there was another time when I was homesick from school and I was lying on the couch and all of a sudden I could see from the front door to the living room, this small girl ran down the hallway and then the door at the end of the hallway slammed shut. And she was laughing the whole time huh. down the hallway, door shut, stopped. And it was like ice, just ice cold. I remember just feeling like being almost in, submerged in ice. It was so cold. Wow. And another thing, I told my mom, she saw the same thing. Brother saw the same thing. Dad didn't see anything. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, it was just like my, my poor father, you know, being in this house and hearing his wife and his two kids about this thing that's happening. And he has absolutely no idea what's going on. But when I was young, I remember I heard, I'd heard the voices thing. I mean, I'm sure they certainly weren't the same voices. In fact, there was what I, for some reason, I know there was more than one, and I decided there was three. I read a lot of books. There was a, a series called Man, Myth, and Magic in, in the 1970s, basically an encyclopedia of the paranormal. It was one of the only things available at the local library that I was interested in, so I would get a different volume out every week. So I think this had influence on why I came up with the idea that this, they were witches. Like in the, there was a lot of stuff about witches, Sabbath, or rather witches, Sabbaths and occult and stuff in this encyclopedia. I'd get a volume out every week. So I think that kind of played into why I decided that, so I could hear these voices. I was laid in my bed. It was, I was awake before everyone else was awake. It was very, very early morning. And I knew my parents weren't awake because I could always hear them downstairs. If they were, they'd be making breakfast or, you know, rattling around and stuff. And so I knew no one was up and I could hear these voices talking. I couldn't understand a word they said. I think I decided they they weren't speaking English eventually, but it was like this low, these low voices. And, and uh, they sounded like old women to me. I remember, and I, I had this picture of these, the, you know, the, the, there were these three witches downstairs, but it's a very eerie thing. And I don't know if you did it, but I, I remember just trying to concentrate so hard and trying to figure out what they were saying and never being able to get a grasp on it at all. Yeah. It, and it sounds like that. It just sounds like it's something like muttering or like a different somebody, like you said, in a different language even, but it's, it's low. 
And it's almost one of those things where you're like trying to hear it and trying to listen, like like the person's right there. You're trying to like get closer to their mouth, right? But nothing's getting nothing's getting louder. So you're you know you're like, oh no, you know <laughs> what's what's going on? It's almost like loud enough to hear, but you just can't grasp what's actually happening. Yeah, and, and this is when I was a kid. This has happened, you know, and enough times where I remember it happening multiple times. I couldn't put a number on it. I I'd say you know at least a half dozen, but I, you know, I can't be sure because it was, I was pretty young when it was happening, but that's exactly how I remember it. I just remember just listening so hard and just trying to figure out like, what are they saying? What are they saying? And also being completely terrified too <laughs> at the same time, but you know, incredibly interested in trying to pick out what they were saying and just not getting it. Like I said, I, I didn't know if it was another language or if it was just that quiet, you know, just quiet enough where I couldn't make out what was being said, but it was very, very strange. And, and I mean, it, obviously it stuck with me for, you know, 40 plus years. The sleep paralysis you experienced, was it in the same house? Yep. Same house. Same. Uh, it wasn't ever in the room that I shared with my brother, but it happened when I was uh, in my, in my own room. And actually my brother has sleep paralysis too. Have you had it since? I haven't. Um, luckily, which I don't know if you've ever experienced it, Yes, but I would, it's, it's terrifying. It's it's... more terrifying to me than dealing with paranormal, you know, things happening in the house and seeing people and hearing people because it's, you can't, you have no control over anything that's going on. Now my son has experienced it and he's just very matter of fact about it. He's like kind of like, yeah, it's 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 kind of cool. And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> like I, I was horrified. I was like, you know, I I want to know part of it and do not look fondly upon those experiences. But he was just like, "Yeah, it's really interesting." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> no. no. <laughs> yeah, 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 no thank you. Were there uh visions or anything accompanying the sleep paralysis or just that sort of uh dread feeling? Um it was so when I experienced I couldn't open my eyes and I had I always I remember I would always fall asleep with my with my light on in my room and I finally got into the habit of turning it off so my parents you know didn't freak out and wake up and turn my light off in the middle of the mor- uh, middle of the night but when it would happen my light would be on. And you could, it was almost like being in the middle of a busy street, like similar to like New York City, like that very fast pace, but it would be sped up and I would hear all these different voices and you would see all of the shadows, like if people were just running by my, my light and I would feel this just pressure of just like a 500 pound person lying on top of me and it would just push it would like almost swallow me into my bed and then it would stop and I remember was trying to like scream and nothing would come out it just sounds like you have no voice because your body isn't awake it's just your mind but it happened a couple times and it scared it made me so scared I would wake wake up crying basically because I had no idea what was going on and you can't explain it. You know, if somebody isn't going through it, they don't know what you're, what you're talking about or, you know, they just think that you had a bad dream. Right. And you're like, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of like a bad dream, but times 30, 
you know, just having this feeling of no control and you, you're afraid that something's happening and you can't do anything because your body's asleep. Yeah. Yeah. They're just stuck there. Yeah. I, it's, it's not, it's not fun. It's interesting that people will sometimes use sleep paralysis as an explanation for the paranormal, but I find more and more that people, it seems to almost be a side effect of it. Now, I'm not saying what people experience when they have sleep paralysis is paranormal, but I think maybe the sleep paralysis itself might be like sort of a side effect or somehow related because a lot of the people, like for the flannel man stories, for instance, that I've been collecting, a lot of people have sleep paralysis and in separate incidents, they'll see this flannel wearing entity, you know, whoever he is. And uh, you'll find that as well with, with uh, other things like, you know, with ghost experiences and with, with other things where, where it seems like sleep paralysis plays a part obviously like you're saying like you it wasn't during the sleep paralysis where you were seeing you know this guy in the doorway it was a a different experience but it is interesting it is interesting how many people that have some sort of paranormal experience also have sleep paralysis it's it's a good percentage yeah i wonder if it has anything to do with almost you know your mind's always playing tricks on you but i wonder if it has to do with stress like manifesting itself in a way that's almost creating this experience based on what, you know, what you've been dealing with, you know, like the, the muttering, like the voices and stuff. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it just almost manifests itself into this thing that, you know, almost, almost like bringing your fears to life, which is, you know, a terrifying way to describe it. But, you know, it's, it's very odd, you know, and I, I remember the first night when I was, when I was still in the same room with my brother, I remember one night he woke up and I thought, Oh, I thought he was awake. His eyes were open and he was just like, it sounded like he was gasping and he was experiencing sleep paralysis. I couldn't wake him up. Wow. And I remember him looking at me like directly. And then all of a sudden he woke up and he's like, why are you shaking me? I'm like, wow. I thought you were, I thought you were choking. I thought you were choking. He's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> you, you know, and it's, you just feel like you're losing it. You feel like no, nothing you have is in your control and you're experiencing these things, especially as a child, which I feel, feel like a lot of people do experience those things as child, uh, as children, which sucks because it's you know you're little and you're afraid of things to begin with and then you're experiencing things you can't control and then people are looking at you like okay (laughs) get a bed you're you're just a kid you're just a kid yeah 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 Yeah, exactly man i I find it really really interesting that that you've you know you've not had sleep paralysis again since leaving this house that to me that's really really interesting yeah it's Knock on wood, it won't ever happen again. But yeah, I mean, I've never. I mean, it's been years, thankfully, that I that I haven't ever ever dealt with it. But that was actually towards when I started getting that. It was towards the end of the time when all the paranormal stuff was happening. I was probably between the age of thirteen, sixteen, when I was having the sleep paralysis. And then it would, and then it stopped. 
Mm-hmm. And it was just ever since then I've gone, I mean, I've gone back to my parents' house. I've stayed there overnight. I've, you know, I've lived there for an extended period of time and it hasn't ever, hasn't ever happened. And all of the paranormal stuff has stopped, at least from, for me. I don't know about my mom or anything, but Did I haven't, I haven't seen or heard anything. So your parents still live in this place, in this residence? Yep. Did you ever ask your mom just like, you know, randomly in, you know, more recent times, like, hey, you know, have you, you know, we haven't talked about that, but have you seen or heard anything? Yeah, I, not so recently, but a few years ago, I, I remember asking her and she was like, no, you know, nothing, nothing's happened. She she said every once in a while she'll, fall, she'll smell the smoke, but it's nothing as far as seeing anybody or hearing anything. Mm-hmm. And even my brother, my brother hasn't heard, heard or seen anything, but I know my, my grandmother, and my great aunt, her sisters, they experienced paranormal stuff when they were kids in a separate house in Pennsylvania, actually. And they lived in, I, I don't even know where they lived. I think far up in like the Poconos. Okay. Like in almost like the woods from what at least they tell me about it. And my grandmother, and my aunt used to have those dolls that you would tip them over and they'd say mama and they dip them back. And those really creepy mm-hmm. <laughs> dolls and their eyes would like, you know, open and close. And my grandmother was talking about it one dinner with the family and she was saying, yeah, you know, I would, I would sit at the bottom of the stairs and then all of a sudden she's like, there was this woman that would come down the stairs with her arms open and when she would get about five steps away from me, she would disappear. And it was every time when she would play with this doll and she would sit at the edge of the stair and my aunt turned almost white. She was like, I saw her. I thought I was the only one. Wow. And, you know, we like, apparently we like keeping things from each other in our family. We don't talk about things that happen to us. <laughs> um, but they, they experienced stuff. My aunt and uncle, who are my, my mother's brother and sister, they've, they've experienced things. They felt people touch their face. Like when they're in, just in the bathroom, like somebody like, re- like putting their hand on their face and like caressing their face or touching their shoulder and not just a breeze, like a physical, like, grasp on them. So I don't know if it's something that just kind of gets, like, pushed through the family. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just kind of made its way through and has stopped. But it's it's my mom's side of the family that's dealt with all this stuff. My dad has nothing on his side, or at least what he's not telling me. But, yeah, it's every... Pretty much everyone in our family has experienced it one way, one way or another. You know, maybe not to the extent that we dealt with with it, but it was crazy. And you can be as general and as specific as as you want with this question, but just where is the uh, location of the house? And I mean, you can be state, county, however general you want to be. Just out of curiosity, uh, we're we're in New York. I've even done research on it to see if there's been anything weird in the house, like somebody's died or there is a tragedy or, you know, uh, 
anything that would give something and there's there's nothing i mean the house is born uh, the house is born the house was <laughs> built in uh the 19 1960s so it's a relatively new house so there's not too much history behind it even though even the property itself there's nothing you know weird about the property that it was built on so and the people that lived before us uh was actually a fr- the son was a friend of my brother's and i remember him he would talk to the kid about it and it was like yeah nothing like that ever happened when we lived there so i don't know what you're talking about hmm. so it wasn't something in the house so something decided that it liked us and and stayed with us for a while and then moved on. I think that can happen, honestly. I, I mean, like I said, I don't know whether it, I don't know what the reason is it follows families. You know what I mean? I, like I said, I don't know if it's genetic or environmental or learned in a subconscious way. Who knows? You know what I mean? Who knows what the reason is, but it certainly can. And Yeah. And does you know? There's there's a, a number of uh, examples of it as far as witness reports. So it's very very interesting. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. And let us know if anything else weird happens, but I hope it doesn't. I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, agreed. I could. I mean, paranormal. Uh, okay, sleep paralysis. I'm I'm checked down on that one. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> that I, doesn't it... ever need to happen again in my life. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. Hundred percent. Strange Familiars Podcast is brought to you by our patrons. If you'd like to help us continue to make the podcast, go to patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. You can sign up there for $3 a month. You get extra shows. Every now and then I'll get people writing and they'll say, you know, what happened to this show? What happened to episode 59? You skipped a number. It went right from 58 to 60. Well, the reason for that is we do full episodes for our patrons. So if you want to get every episode of Strange Familiars, you got to be a patron. We do at least one full patron episode a month. Lately, we've been able to do two a month. And we try to give other extra content and bonuses to our patrons as well. We gave a free download code of my most recent album, the Christmas album, the Bellsnickel album, to our patrons this month, along with the extra episodes we always try to do as much as we can for our patrons. So again, if you'd like to help us make Strange Familiars, go to patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. There's different levels of support there. The $3 gets you the extra shows. You can go higher and get things like books and t-shirts, stickers, and more. Once again, thanks for current patrons. Without you, no Strange Familiars. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. 
Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. In early October, John got us an invitation to spend the night at a haunted farmhouse. Since it was close enough to home, we decided to sleep in our own beds, but we did stay all night at the house and on into the early morning hours. We had a good time learning some ghost hunting skills from a veteran researcher, Rick Fisher, sharing some scary stories, and we did get some interesting sounds recorded. she could tell was like something about the master and it's and that's that's why she inferred that it was a slave woman sure um, so i messed up podcast listeners <laughs> I, I didn't have it recording john's already told his stories multiple times i'm gonna make him tell it again so we're here with john and james is here what's up and rick fisher's here hello thanks for being here rick John is here. John, the, the fearless, uh, brave swarms of yellow jackets with me. <laughs> it was terrifying. Just, just uh, two days ago. We survived. Swarms of deadly yellow jackets. I think we saw two. They're nasty yeah. this time of the year, too. Well, we saw a sign. We, we, went for a, we went for a hike, and there was a sign at the end of the trail. It was like, beware. Extreme, was it extremely aggressive, or just it said aggressive? Very aggressive. Very, very aggressive. Very aggressive yellow jacket swarms. And I'm like, what? It was like, should we, even, should we even go on this trail? We, you know, we I've hiked. never, I've never seen a sign like that before. Well, we, the, the sign was handwritten on an obituary page yeah. to make it even better. Yeah, so I'm like, what? And then uh, we did what three, three and a half, three point seven five miles one way, and came back, and I saw two yellow jackets all day long. Yeah. So that was uh, all right. So, but we are not on said trail. We're at a farm in Lancaster County, somewhat close to the river. Uh, there's a a creek nearby, which we haven't determined the name of, but that feeds into the Little Chickies Creek. We know that. So there are creeks nearby. I always like to mention that because uh, stuff follows creeks, it seems like, all, all this stuff. And John had an experience here. And, uh, like, James asked this before, but we might as well hit that first. Prior to your experience being here and, and what you what you kind of encountered personally, were you aware of any other stories of happenings here in in that in any no so yeah prior to that week prior to that week i wasn't privy to any stories about things like this i definitely heard some after that when i was talking about this and sharing this with you know folks like my wife who was like oh you should talk to so-and-so who used to live in that house it's become apparent that this was not the first kind of occasion like that and uh that others who maybe we'll get to talk to some of them after this 
so through your through your experience you've managed to open up a dialogue with other people who have had yeah uh, stories and you, know, you have that in common it's yeah things which occurred both before and after your experience right exactly right. yeah yeah so something since then this was about a year ago so your experience is a year ago yeah my experience is about a year old at this point and what was your experience John so just to set that up a little bit I was on site here for a, a class it was a nine-day design workshop that I was helping to co-teach and we had three other instructors with me who were from out of state and uh, because of that they were actually sleeping on site here so they were sleeping in this house for nine days and I was commuting in every day uh, because I live close so we kind of set the house up as our base camp for you know planning the day's classes uh, debriefing at the end of the day um, a place to chill and of course for them to sleep here so we had the upstairs common room in the center set up as sort of our office and uh, sort of planning area and so we had a table set up in the middle we were the four of us were around the table uh, discussing things and I stepped away to use the bathroom and uh, that's right through the master bedroom into the bathroom on the left and master bedroom did I say master bathroom master bedroom anyway mm-hmm. I'm using the bathroom and I'm, you know, taking a leak and right as I'm about to finish up, up, it sounded as if something or someone kicked the bathroom door really hard, hard enough that it made me jump, that it actually popped the door open, almost completely open. My first reaction to that was, was feeling kind of annoyed, like someone was being impatient and which seemed really out of character for the, for the folks I was with. Um, so I immediately zipped up and yanked the door open to see who it was. And there was no one there. I stepped out to the group and said, Hey, did one of you guys just try to get in the bathroom and and there was looks of confusion like no we heard, we heard that but that we were we'd been here working the whole time so it was you and the three others and, yeah and they were all just like huh yeah exactly okay. they were just like no we don't know what you're talking about so that was kind of a crazy thing that happened and then the following day it was just uh the lead teacher and myself uh sitting there at the table discussing things and i had my supplies laying on the windowsill and I had a tape measure there. And while I'm talking to him, the tape measure slides off the windowsill and, and hits the ground really hard. And I immediately look at Dave, Dave and I was like... You're, and you're watching this happen. You're watching a slide off the Well, I saw it peripherally. Like, I wasn't looking at it. But I saw the movement and then it hits the ground. And I said, did you see that? And he said, it's best we just not talk about that right now. Because <laughs> he was a little freaked out from being in the house. Which I didn't know at the time until that happened. So this was all on the, the first day. So was the so your experience your first experience was on the first day here, which was was which was with the bathroom, the bathroom door, and then the tape measure was which day? That would have been day two or day three. Day two or three. Yeah. And then after that you started talking about it with, with the three that were here. Yeah, we or? we talked a little bit they were they were sort of um Hasn't to talk too much about it. Um, I'll talk about the other instructors, their experiences. Yeah. And, and they had to sleep here every night, so they were not happy about having to discuss this and talk about it. But uh, or not sleep, as the case may be. Yeah, yeah. I thought I told Tim a little for, bit about that before. For like nine days. So on the very first night that she was here, one of one of our other instructors, she was uh, sleeping in the front bedroom, and uh, her, you know. W- I was showing up for breakfast time in the morning because I wasn't sleeping here. I showed up for breakfast. We're sitting around. She seemed pretty rattled, and we were like, what's going on? And she's like, I just, 
weird night and she said um i was awakened last night she was sleeping she felt a depression on the bed as if someone sat down on it so she started awake and kind of looked over and saw in what her words was a an old slave woman sitting on the bed who looked at her and seemed very distressed and was talking and mumbling quickly and the only words that she could pick out were about the master or the master this um, which is why she was perceiving that as, as a slave spirit I suppose sure she was very adamant that she wasn't sleeping that she was awake so saw something and heard something how something. often does that happen, Rick? Where you see and hear Not something? Not that often. Well, yeah. you either see something, you hear well, something. Yeah. yeah, but but she also felt it. Like she well, yeah. felt the depression, yeah. which is yeah. what, what alerted her, and then saw, yeah. Yeah. and then heard. So yeah, you know. I, I mean that's that's an incredible experience right there. You know. Yeah, I mean that doesn't happen to too many people. It's I mean so I've heard this once. I've heard it probably twice, really, but I forgot about it the first time you told me. I heard it once before when I didn't have the tape running like a dummy and uh, tape digital recorder I'm, I'm still in the 1980s <laughs> still hearing it again like like I literally get chills thinking yeah. about that that's just so okay so and did she continue to sleep in that room she did okay she did surprisingly did she have any more experiences personally hold that thought okay. but so the other we can come back to that. yeah the other instructor that I haven't mentioned yet he was sleeping in the west bedroom if my directions are correct before um, he starts, do you need to do you need to switch the tape? Uh, <laughs> that's what happened. This is Before he starts this one. No, we're good now. <laughs> so he he did not have any kind of visual experience, but he awoke in the night also, the second night, night number two. He woke up and just felt like there was a presence in the room and it just really freaked him out. Spider sense were going off. Yeah, and and so our lead teacher wouldn't really talk about his experiences. He said he was experiencing some stuff but didn't want to talk about it. And to this day, he hasn't told me anything wow. about it. But the interesting thing, too, about the, those three sleeping here is that all three of them had massive trouble sleeping in that they just could not fall asleep or stay asleep yeah. to the point where they asked me on my way in on day three or four to pick up some z which is like NyQuil, but it just helps yeah. you sleep. And so they all were taking z Still couldn't sleep. It didn't work for them. Even uh, our lead teacher, who was having so much trouble sleeping, that I actually brought my futon mattress from my house so that he could swap out what he was sleeping on, still couldn't sleep at night. And so whatever was going on just would not let them get any rest. And I'll jump quick to my son, who slept in this house as a sleepover with a previous resident staying with with their son. Um, And my son sleeps like a champ, like... He's a he's in bed every night, goes to sleep, sleeps well. Right. He complained about sleeping over here because he could never sleep, that he would be awake all night. And that's very out of character for him. The owner was here before we were recording, and she was saying that various stories, right? Uh, mm-hmm. She said they kind of got the idea that, that there was something here when they took over the place. And she, 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 didn't, she said she didn't have any visuals, right? She just, Correct. Yeah. Now, is there a, uh, did the owner ever get a, like a, like a, like a, like a history? Like she a, knows that it was built in 1890. Okay. Which is, would have been after slavery. Sure. Yeah. That's weird. Uh-huh. But that's not to say there wasn't something else. Right, exactly. Exactly. She did say that they had had a rumor that it was moved, the house was in the meadow, and was moved further away from the creek. Okay. That seems to me 
like there should be a foundation down there if it was because they don't you don't move the foundation you move the house when that happens also very rare to do back in the old days i mean they'll, they'll do it nowadays but like they didn't do that right? i mean so my thought is maybe the if there's some lore of that maybe maybe there was just with the original homestead was there and then when they built this house they built it up here i don't know right i really don't know we so should be able to do some actual research on yeah, the property. Yeah. So as of right now, there's a bit of a question mark. As of right now, we know it was built in 1890. That's about. Or I mean, if there were slaves here, if there was a place down there, maybe it was a right slave shack or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Maybe so, it was a homestead, and or this they got slaves and then moved also, the home up this here. This could have been a field, you know, at some point. Yeah, could have sure. been, it, and it, I mean, it's possible that it's one. Well, no, she said she looked at the real estate records, so she knows the, the the build date for sure. But we can look at the land records and see if there was anything else here, and yeah. and I, I'll do that. I'll, I'll turn Allison loose on that. That's she did say too that the uh, the underground railroad did pass nearby. Um, now the timing would have still been earlier, but. Well, well, yeah, but it being earlier, I don't think would. I mean, it, I mean that's that. Possibly gunshots. Maybe. It sounded more like a. Yeah, it's like a uh-huh. thump, thump, well, thump. Or like a. Like somebody like doing like a. It was like a, a drumming. Yeah, yeah, almost like <laughs> tapping. If it was gunshots, it was a semi-auto because it was going. True. Off. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a repeater, repeating sound. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, I felt it too. I felt it before. Yeah, cause I kind of felt thought I felt the vibration a little bit. That was kind of cool. I don't know that the tape picked that up, but wow. Well, we'll see. So I was wondering on the recording there if the recorder would pick up those knocking sounds and it did so i'll play that clip again listen closely for the knocking sounds and listen how they stop almost immediately after i ask what's that sound nearby um now the timing would have still been earlier but it's hard to say well well yeah but it being earlier i don't think would i mean what's that sound So most of that knocking or thumping happened while we were speaking, but I was able to isolate three of them. So here's a single knock. I'll play it three times. And here's a two knock sequence. I'll play that three times as well. go ahead and go back to the conversation at the farmhouse now. The windowsill. Time is at 930. <clears throat> um, um, that clock is not running. No. Oh, I got my... It's 819 on the... I got this way. I, got this way. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what time the, the sound was Oh, okay, was yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's about... What time eight, we eight nineteen? Okay. So, are we gonna check uh, windowsill in the bathroom? I want to. So, I, really I was gonna say, the, the do you think there's a? Is there? Well, I mean, we can go look at the windowsill. We can see if there's any kind of slope to it, right? We're yeah. here. We might yeah, as well look, sure at, it. look yeah. at it. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm. I'm excited to because I have. I already have some ideas. 
All right. So. Yeah, and I mean, there's an extra recorder. We can leave that somewhere. We got Rick's got his gear, which I'm, you know, I've I got motion cameras. Oh, really? Oh, they're, cool. They're game cams. Mm-hmm. I have two of them. One, one I use for pictures, taking pictures. The other I use for for video. So let's. Uh, I guess we can get to. Is there any more stories that that you want to tell now, or? Um, the only thing I'll mention, because. Some of these folks will be able to talk to them after the fact, so I don't right. want to tell their stories. Right, sure. Um, yeah. One story I will tell is uh, the woman who's living here now who did not want to be on the podcast or really know anything about our investigation tonight, um, but was kind enough to, to leave for the night so we could be here. She um, she had a, a similar experience with the bathroom door in, in the upstairs bathroom, too, right. where she said it slammed on her. And you were here when she told that story. Yeah. Did I characterize that correctly? Yeah. She, she really had slammed on her. And, and she she attributed it to wind, but... Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm excited because I have some ideas. So, you mentioned this before. The instructors were supposed to stay... For nine days. Another night. Yeah. Right, so, at the end so this was day. a nine-day course, and it was a pretty intense course. And uh, our plan was... This this nine day course was going to end on at Sunday at noon, which it did. We said goodbye to the students. We had our closing ceremony, and the plan all along had been that we were all going to stay an additional night so that we could do cleanup, we could do some debriefing, we could have a big group dinner to kind of put a cap on this week, yeah. and uh, that they were going to spend the night again and have a good night's sleep, and then drive back in the morning. We started cleanup. Uh, immediately as the students left and they actually helped us and by the time we were done cleaning up the instructors had the truck packed and they left immediately so they, were like, they said we are out of here we are not spending another night another hour in this house now whether you attribute that to anything supernatural just the fact that they were tired and it was a long know. week right, right it was a long week but still it's interesting to, to yeah uh, but a, a long a long nine day um, time span is only made even more Diabolically long, right? If you can't sleep, sleep. Not sleeping, yeah, right. sure, yeah, sure. And you'd think if you had a long drive ahead, you'd want to sleep, you know, and then and then yeah. start fresh. But and we, you know, it was an intense course for us instructors, and we were really looking forward to kind of spending some quiet time, just us, to talk about the week and how it went. And yeah, um, and it was, it wasn't happening. It just didn't happen. <laughs> called a windowsill was actually a radiator it was this oh wow oh, okay this, this was not here um which is well i wouldn't even flat i wouldn't even move it i can never right there's it. no angle to this yeah. it's it's a radiator co- uh cover or is it the radiator itself that's and it's flat it's very flat yeah so it's not like something could have rolled off or yeah okay well Where, where's the window so, so right. it, it wasn't a windowsill right. it was this radiator okay it's pretty flat. So, where was the west bedroom? Would you consider the west bedroom? Right? This is what I'm calling the west bedroom. Okay. Which, yes, this is the west bedroom. Okay. And that's that's where the the guy had the bad feeling. Yes. So he was just he just had some just felt a presence in that room. This was our. Uh, female instructor where she was sleeping and this is where she had experienced the audible visual yeah wow tiny beds 
And this was your bedroom to hear it, John? No, this, no, this so is where the uh, she had the, the full body. The master, this is the master bedroom. The apparition sat on the bed. Okay. Yeah. Or whatever sat on the bed. <laughs> and where, and you were here? So I was I was commuting in and out, so I wasn't sleeping. But this middle room we had set up as sort of the office. So we had a table here. This is the master bedroom where uh, the girl sleep. Uh, the woman who's living here now had mentioned most of the activities here, and then this is the bathroom in question. So that's the door that was yeah. kicked or otherwise. Yeah. Nothing happens in this room. Well, I don't have any specific stories. I was told that most of what has happened has been in this room in that bathroom, but I haven't heard any specific stories yet. So at the end of the night, I went upstairs by myself, where most of the activity was reported, to sit alone in the dark and try to elicit some EVPs. I edited this EVP session down to the two questions which got possible responses. All of the questions that I got these responses to were in the master bedroom, which John said was supposed to be the most active. So since we heard that knocking sound earlier, I asked for knocks. Anybody like to knock? We heard knocks before, was that you? And I'll note that all of the responses I'm going to play are boosted in volume. They weren't loud on the recording at all. But in this one, there did seem to be a knock in response, which I didn't hear at the time. I'll go ahead and play that. Now, that sounds like the earlier knocks to me, but again, I, the earlier knocks I definitely heard. We definitely heard while we were talking, but I did not hear this at the time I was doing the EVP session. Also, after the knocks, there was some possible language. I don't, I don't know if it's language. It sounds really low in tone. I'll play that three times. I don't know what that is. It sounded so low that it, I wanted to see what it sounded like when I pitch shifted it up an octave. When I did that, it does sound more like language. So I'll go ahead and play the pitch shifted version three times here. I don't know if that's language or if it's saying something. I have no idea what it could be saying if it is. The next question, which seemed to get a response, was when I asked for a name. Does anybody want to talk? Can you tell me your name? Now, it's often very subjective what people hear on EVPs, and I have to admit, a lot of times people will tell me that they think it's saying one thing, and I don't quite hear what they're hearing. So it's kind of up to interpretation. But the response to me asking for the name sounds to me like something not very nice and something which I would usually bleep on the podcast that begins with an F and ends with a Y-O-U. 
I'm not going to bleep it because it's an EVP and I'm not 100% sure that's what it is being said. So it's up to interpretation. I'll go ahead and play that three times. And the other response to me asking for a name seems to be maybe an answer to that question. At least what I hear. And this one sounds like it's saying, I have two in response to the question. So I'll play that three times. I don't know if that's someone saying I have two names or maybe I'm mishearing it. I played it for Allison. She doesn't hear what I hear there. So maybe it's saying something else entirely. You can be the judge. And in general, you can be the judge on these. I don't know if they're EVPs or if they're just weird but natural anomalies on the recording. I'm just presenting what was captured on the recording. We didn't get a chance to record the other witnesses with stories from the farmhouse, but I did want to present these recordings that we made in October before they got too old. We'll see if we can get the other witness stories at a later date. It was a very interesting night. I didn't get a particularly scary feeling from the place, but I I will say I did get an unsettled feeling for whatever that's worth, especially when I was doing the EVPs alone upstairs. Now, you know, I was alone in the dark in a supposedly haunted house. Maybe that was playing on my nerves. But again, I wasn't frightened, but more just kind of on edge a little bit, a little bit unsettled. Thanks for listening, everybody. We have more on-site haunted locations coming up. We have more on-site true crime stories coming up. We have more stories where I go on-site to track down local folklore and cryptid sightings and so forth. So a lot more strange familiars. And while this isn't a specific holiday episode, we are still approaching the winter holidays. So Merry Christmas, Happy Yule, Happy whatever winter holidays you celebrate. And a happy new year to everyone. Thanks for listening to Strange Familiars, and we'll be back soon. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts. Music, books, art, podcasts, and more. DarkHollerArts.com If you're on Facebook, go ahead and give us a like. Facebook.com slash StrangeFamiliars And join the Strange Familiars Gathering Group if you want. You can interact with us there and get news about the show and more. Intro and background music is by Stonebreath. Go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com for more.
to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.